Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. I'm thrilled that you're listening to our program today. Our show today is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. Check out rockauto.com for all the great deals that they've got going on right now. Coming up on today's show, Bryce Kuhn from GoJackets.com will be back with us as we recap Duke football's loss to Georgia Tech and look ahead to basketball season. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe Locked on Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts as you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. Today in Charlotte, North Carolina, ACC tip-off. It officially marks four weeks until the start of the college basketball season, a media days type event for the college basketball and for the ACC. We'll talk a little bit about that with Bryce Kuhn as well as you listen to our show today. Please leave us a five-star rating and review, particularly on the Apple Podcast platform. It means a lot when you take time to do that. I'm grateful for that, and thank you for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen when it comes to Duke Athletics each and every day. Without further ado, let's take a quick break. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can come up and win 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Make sure you use promo code Locked On, and that promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize pick allows mixed sport entries, as you can combine basketball, football, basketball, and any other sport it's an awesome thing to check out. As also, make sure you use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made up in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use promo code Locked On or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's show was brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On Blue Devils in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Welcome back into the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. J.J. Jackson here today once again on this fine Tuesday with Bryce Kuhn 
GoJackets.com, 24-7 sports. Duke and Georgia Tech finally went to the football field this past Saturday, and the Yellow Jackets walked away with a 31-27 victory. Bryce, I hope that you are well. Uh, when mm-hmm. you sit there and reflect back on the football game, what are some of your bigger takeaways? The biggest takeaway, J.J., and part of the Georgia Tech fan base, um, I've spoken with some people already, was this win was it was an ugly win for Georgia Tech. It had been an ugly win either way, really, for both teams. Mistakes were made, I felt like, on both sides. It was not a flawless game. But a win's a win. First time Georgia Tech's gone up to Durham and won since 2013. So I think that's another little notch that Jeff Collins can put of uh, one of the few achievements that's happened during his tenure, his early tenure so far. So over uh, all in all, you head into a bye week. You're three and three. You have six more games to find three more wins. Albeit it's going to be tough with the schedule they have remaining. But your goal of being a bowl eligible program, still everything's in front of you if you are Georgia Tech. So what a game it was, too, for, mm. that we saw on Saturday. Georgia Tech gets off to a quick lead, uh, as I discussed on yesterday's show with Candace Cooper from Locked on ACC, and, and Duke starts to, to battle back and, and found success through the air and running the football. We talked about Mateo Durant, man, 43 carries for Durant, a mm. really crazy workload, but credit to Georgia Tech. His longest run of the day was only 11 yards, uh, averaged about three yards per carry, Durant was the factor for Duke football, but uh, Georgia Tech really did a nice job defensively kind of containing him a little bit. Yeah, and I think we talked about that on kind of previewing the game was Durant's going to get his, and I don't think you're going to be able to stop him in that, but it was can you limit the the explosive run? And I feel like they did a good job of that, like you said. I mean, he churned out. I mean, that's an unheard-of workload in the day of college football when you're yeah. talking about elite programs having two, three, four guys that are getting to get the ball. I mean, Durant, I mean, I know Duke's kind of talented, you know, some guys behind him, but Durant is kind of the guy. I mean, that's that's your bell yeah. cow. And, and they're, I think, for the rest of the season, Duke fans can expect we are going to go as far as Mateo Durant can take us. And so the, the man took you a long way, just uh, couldn't quite – too bad he can't play defense because uh, he might he might have been able to make a stop on defense and stop Tech, one of those scoring drives. But I, I do give credit to Georgia Tech's defense. I think it was a challenge they knew coming in. Everybody in the building, um, although JJ, I was watching the game. Uh, the attendance for that game was not uh, not 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 in the greatest category. It needs to be better uh, always. For sure. it needs to be yeah. better for always. And Georgia Tech struggles with that right now too. So I saw some similarities there. But everybody in the building knew Durant was going to get the ball. And credit to Georgia Tech for game planning and scheming and saying we can't let him break the big one. Like I said, longest one of the day was 11 yards. I was impressed with that. I mean. You can look at a box score and say they need to work on run defense, but when you're talking about a guy in Durant that no matter what happens throughout the year because of the caliber of his team probably will not get the national notoriety that he deserves. Uh, Durant's, to me, one of the top, if not maybe the best running back in the conference. I mean, he's very, very talented, and (laughs) what a performance. He tried to win the game solo-handed and almost did. Let's kind of go back through some of the highlights for this one. Again, Georgia Tech jumps out to a 14-0 lead. Bryce Kuhn is our guest today on Locked On Blue Devils. Uh, Jeff Sims with a 77-yard bomb to uh, Jameer Gibbs. Wheel routes are undefeated in college football, and Duke got burned by one of these a week prior. Ty Chandler and Sam Howe had a connection in the Duke-North Carolina game, and uh, then Jeff Sims found the end zone again early there in the first quarter. His play kind of tailed off a little bit, uh, a couple of picks that got Duke back into the football game for Jeff Sims. But before we get there, just talk about that start that he had and particularly that uh, long touchdown pass. Yeah, you, you go back to that first, the, the touchdown pass to Jameer Gibbs. I think Gibbs is a guy coming in that nationally he has received some attention. 
a guy that is going to be in the conversation in the ACC for, you know, all second team, first team uh, notoriety. They have Durant. I think you saw two of the best running backs in the conference match up in Durham on Saturday. But for me, that first play, it set the tone early on, and and we saw it. it was completely just busted coverage on Duke's part. I mean, credit to Dave Patineau and Georgia Tech's staff. I think they probably looked at what Sam Howell and Ty Chandler did and say, we could probably have this one Let's in our back pocket. Thing. Let's do the same thing. Like you said, you can have that in your back pocket. But the big thing is, is that's one of those cards you can probably only play once or twice a game and expect it to go for to, to the house. And, and they did that, and it worked out for them. So you talk about Jeff Sims. I mean, I think it's interesting. A lot of the fans on Georgia Tech's side, and I would you know love to know Duke's side of it too, is Sims is a young quarterback. With that comes inconsistencies. Uh, the interceptions are that. I mean, I felt like going into this game, Tech had – the better team, maybe a little bit more prepared to win this game. But like you said, those two picks allowed Duke to stay close and allowed it just to be a ball game in a full 60-minute game. Uh, there wasn't really a, a part where you felt like you could take your attention off of what happened. So for Sims, he still has a lot of growing to do, but I think there's reason to believe this program is slowly building a foundation of some really good athletes they can build around. And like you said, just from a just from the play standpoint, I mean, this was something you go, you look at Gibbs' 77-yard pass, uh, then Sims shows off the legs with a long drive to get down there for the, you know, quick score. He can do either way. Um, and then, you know, the big thing was they're establishing the uh, ex- exterior weapons, the outside weapons. Kyrick McGowan uh, had the touchdown catch in the third quarter. I mean, this was a back-and-forth matchup, and I think what was key to me was Georgia Tech was able to find ways to, even in the adversity, the interceptions, Duke coming down scoring – It was one of those wins that I felt like, and maybe Duke fans have seen this too, and I know Georgia Tech fans have. This was a game two, three years ago, Georgia Tech wouldn't win. They would have folded under the, you know, said, oh, well, they came back. It's, you know, this is just kind of it. But they kept fighting. And I think that speaks volumes about where the program is, even if they don't have the most talent out there on the field. Final numbers again for Jeff Sims, the Georgia Tech quarterback, 12 of 25. So uh, completion percentage, Bryce, I'm sure, is something that uh, Mm -hmm. Georgia Tech fans – want to see improve a little bit there, but 12 completions for 297 yards, not too shabby there uh, with what you're able to put out there on the field, three touchdowns, two interceptions, Charlie Hamford Duke, uh, not his best day at the office, two for four kicking field goals. He did hit one when it mattered though, and gave Duke a three point lead with five minutes left to go in the ball game before uh, Georgia tech was able to kind of put together a final drive and score with a minute left. What did you think about that final drive and, and your bigger takeaways there? Finding a way to win the football game, knowing that, hey, if we don't score, Duke wins. Yeah, I think it's hard to win on the road no matter the environment, uh, no matter what conference you're talking about. And so for me, going back to all the adversity Georgia Tech faced and also, you know, honestly put themselves into with the interceptions and turnovers, to be able to say and clear out that, and I think this is where I love, you know, to talk about quarterbacks and Jeff Sims, to be able to sit there and say, okay, Sims, in that drive I felt like was like, okay, we can't worry about the two picks earlier. You can't do anything about that. What you have to do is then you have to get your team in position to win a football game. You knew you needed a touchdown too. I mean, you, a field goal was great, but let's be honest. Both of these teams desperately needed this win. You know, I don't think either team wanted to continue to play anymore. I mean, this was yeah. something that you knew was going to happen on the last drive. Georgia Tech was going to score a touchdown and win it, or Duke was going to stop them maybe in four-down territory. But that final drive going into it, I mean, it, it was impressive to me to see the poise that Sims played with, uh, just to see his confidence, because it's easy as a quarterback to say, I've already thrown two picks, and – you know, what does that what does that mean for me? But, you know, he, he they also did a good job of not getting behind 
the chains. I mean, first and 10, if you go to the drive chart, first and 10, second and eight, first and 10, first and 10, second and six, and then third and six, they throw the touchdown pass. The only third down they faced was the touchdown pass. So when you see that they put themselves in advantageous situations and they started JJ at their own 12 yard line. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about driving the length of a field, right. you got a minute 42. Now, 51 seconds were still left on the clock. And as we know, Duke, you know, had a four play drive to end the game that resulted in the interception. But to be able to go the length of the field, 88 yards, shows something that this tech offense showed to me in the North Carolina game. They can be explosive downfield, and they and they have the ability to run a two-minute offense with success. And, and that's what I was really impressed with is the uh, the urgency. Sims obviously having to call some of the plays, too, while you're working in the no huddle. I mean, that's all the signs to me that point, hey, yeah, you can look at the turnovers and say he still has a lot of growing to do. I always attribute it to the good, bad, and the ugly. That's the bad and ugly part, but the good is – he shows a command and a familiarity with the offense. That's something that I think is really overlooked in, uh, in what young quarterbacks have the ability to do. Gunnar Holmberg, the Duke quarterback on the day, 22 for 29, 292, two touchdowns and one INT. It's funny, we mentioned Mateo Durant's workload. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, hindsight is 2020. I'm seeing a lot of Duke fans upset that they didn't throw the football enough because Gunnar Holmberg, to his credit, does have one of the best completion percentages in the ACC and really in, in college football. But Pryor against North Carolina upset that Mateo Durant wasn't getting the football enough. It's mm-hmm. kind of wild. You just Whatever's not <laughs> working, Bryce, you want to do the other thing because you think it's going to win the football game. But I really do, as much as this loss hurts, I do think Duke can walk away from this feeling pretty good on the performance that they put together and uh, can, can learn from this and move mm-hmm. forward in the season. Yeah, I think we talked about this on our 24-7 podcast last week going into the game. For me, Holmberg was a guy that you knew he was going to make smart decisions. And I think I said it on your podcast as well here on Locked on Duke or Locked on Blue Devils. He did a good job of making decisions, and obviously he had the one interception. But he, like you said, he has a great completion percentage. He's a guy who knows where he wants to go with the football. He, I think he's really good at doing reads. Is it the you know is, is it the sexiest quarterback you know is it the sexiest uh, position you know in the, in the yeah. ACC? No, it's not. I mean, Gunnar Holmberg's not going to when when you read off quarterbacks of the ACC, they're going to say who is Gunnar Holmberg? I mean, who? Right. I mean, and, and that's truth. It's it's one of those things that you know I remember even an ACC kickoff. We were like, oh yeah, I forgot he was still there and kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. But he does the job. He put this team position to win, and I, and I think. That's what that's what they can take away is, you know, if you make one or two more plays or you don't make one or two mistakes, we're they're talking about a Duke win. We're talking, you know, about a, a really great performance. The, the headline reads, Holmberg and Durant lead Duke to a big home win over Georgia Tech. I mean, they put themselves in vision. When you're 22 or 29, I don't care who you're playing, that's good. I mean, you still yeah. have to make decisions. There's still 11 other guys across from you trying to go against you. So I, I like that idea, just a shade under 300 yards, which to me shows the ability to push the ball downfield for Duke. I, you don't want to – you know, intermediate to medium throws are great, but when you talk about being able to push the ball downfield, I mean, what was it, uh, Calhoun, who had 303 yards receiving in the game. I mean – you have some weapons. You almost had two 100-yard receivers. I mean, Calhoun won 103, Bobo with 92. I think there's a lot to like about this Duke offense. And, you know, much like I just said in the opening about Georgia Tech, Duke, I don't, I don't know the rest of their schedule. I don't know how challenging it is the rest of the way, but they are in a position with six games to go. They need to win half to get to a bowl game. And I think after opening loss to Charlotte, many people were like head scratching saying that was supposed to be a win. Now to where, where do we find six wins? But they're put themselves in position to potentially and hopefully, like we were talking about, to uh, end the season on a positive note.
Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. We're back at better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action that you need here in 2021. With an updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Also use promo code Locked On From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show was brought to you by our friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock is doctor created, doctor recommended, and works for up to seven days per use. Dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It is featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. You know that this is legit. A bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews manufactured right here in the USA. Sweat block obviously helps folks that have trouble with the pit stains. Excessive sweating is something that not everyone loves to talk about, but Sweat Block is here to help you out. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweat Block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Without a doubt, Bryce Kuhn joining us here on our program from Georgia Tech's 24-7 Sports website. Make sure you check him out at Bryce underscore Kuhn. All right, so uh, Georgia Tech wins the football game, again, by a score of 31 to 27. Let's kind of shift gears really quickly because uh, I've got you here on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and uh, you mentioned ACC kickoff a moment ago. Well, today's pretty cool, Bryce, because it's ACC tip-off on the basketball side of things with the league meeting together in Charlotte to mark the start of the basketball season. I guess it's here, whether we like it or not, Bryce. <laughs> I guess college basketball season's right around the corner. It is, and I'll say fans of both of our teams are very excited to see basketball season come about. And uh, in previous years, maybe one fan base would be just excited. But I think it's very interesting coming into the season. You're talking about two programs that if I had – J.J., if I had just given you the resumes from this past season, you would have said, oh, well, Duke was probably the tournament champions. And Georgia Tech, you know, they, they left a lot out there and felt like they should have had a better shot. Well, no, we're talking about Georgia Tech being returning as the ACC tournament champions and Duke on the other side. But, man, yeah, I'm excited for college basketball to come back. And really and truly, after talking with players in their opening media conference last week and then seeing some of the clips from ACC tip-off today, they're ready to play in front of fans again. What, what I mean, college yeah. football, we have saw the impact that this has had and home field advantage. Home court advantage is huge. We're talking – you and I are both involved in a conference that boasts themselves as the best conference in college basketball, and you're talking about some of the best home crowd environments. And, you know – I've never been to a Duke game, but you see it on TV. It's unreal. McCamish also has a very, very rabid fan base that I know they're ready to get back in there in Atlanta and cheer on a team that lost their two leaders in Moses Wright and Jose Alvarado, first team and second team All-ACC last year. But they've got a veteran group, and they've got a lot of young talent. But the difference is, J.J., for Georgia Tech right now, the target's on your back. You're not the Cinderella story you were last year coming back in after two bad non-conference losses and running the table and playing an unreal month of March, which Georgia Tech did. Now people say, hey, we kind of know what they have and we know what they can do. You're not going to be slept on. Uh, you're going to be – you're going to get each team's best shot. 
even the Dukes and the North Carolinas of the world. And I don't know if we're allowed to say North Carolina on your podcast, <laughs> but I'll just, but I'll just simply stating that, but you know, they're excited. The pastor talked about the fact that he's excited to have fans back in have that environment. Cause they didn't obviously get to have that last year. I'll be at, I think we had a couple family members that got to come in attendance, but obviously no students. It's, it's just yeah. so much different. So man, college basketball is back. And I can't believe I was looking at my watch today. It's what October, middle of October. I mean, we're, we're, you know, two weeks away from exhibition game for Georgia Tech and a week or two after that, we're going to be talking about opening tip off. And before you know, we're going to be in the heart of conference play. So, I mean, I know that they're very excited about that. The ACC as a whole is really going to be fun to watch this year. Four weeks from today, tip off for basketball, November 9th, a Tuesday, the Duke Blue Devils, obviously, as we've discussed on this podcast, and we'll continue to talk about a very big game against the Kentucky Wildcats to open up the season in the Champions Classic that we see every single year. Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State rotating opponents every year, making up that Champions Classic. Georgia Tech opens up on Tuesday, November 9th with a home game versus, um, I just saw it a moment ago, Miami of Ohio Mm -hmm. to open up uh, the college basketball season. So uh, four weeks from today, Bryce, we're going to be playing some hoops. I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I can't wait to be back. I mean, like we were talking about, you, you can be fans of the team, but also it's just awesome to be back in the environment. And I can't wait to step back into the press box at McCamish. And even though the first home game is, you know, it's Miami of Ohio, it's not going to be the sexiest opponent and have that big sex appeal. But the biggest thing for me is when you scroll down, you go into the Big Ten ACC Challenge first week of December, uh, you play Wisconsin comes to yeah. Atlanta. That's going to be fun. I wanted to highlight some of those non-conference yeah, yeah, in the Power yeah. Five games. on. Uh, yeah, and, and, so I'll go ahead. Yeah, McCam- uh, in McCamish, Wisconsin's coming to town. That's going to be a very big one when you talk about RPI results. Uh, when you look elsewhere, I mean, obviously Georgia's always a big matchup. Clean old-fashioned hate was not able to be played last season, and they're going to be going to Stegman for that. And Georgia's a team that obviously has its issues uh, with Tom Kareen and kind of, uh, you know, what's what's happening right there. And I don't yeah. think anybody really knows. Brand even new inside team every the program. year. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's, been, it's been, you're exactly right. <laughs> a brand new team every year. But Georgia, I'll say this, Georgia Tech has struggled against Georgia. And it's, it's, Stegman's not an easy place to play. The SEC brand of basketball, to me, is taking that of the same almost as football. It's physical, very physical, uh, especially in the paint. And so we'll have to see kind of how that rolls. That's a rivalry there to let people mm-hmm. know that that's four games into the year Georgia is playing Georgia Tech. Yeah, and that's that's what's crazy. You also bring in Lamar, which is going to be a fun opponent. Uh, Stetson, uh, the Atlantic Sun, that's going to be another one that's a good challenge. I'll say this and jokingly, uh, Georgia Tech fans can take a sigh of relief that no Mercer and no Georgia State is on the schedule after last season. <laughs> Georgia Tech dropped the first two to that, but I think that just talks about the talent within the state of Georgia. They do host Georgia Southern and Charleston Southern. Uh, they're around the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. But you talk about, I mean, bringing in Wisconsin and then the very next Sunday starting conference playoff with North Carolina. And then let's roll into this, the holiday hoops giving, which is an awesome event in State Farm Arena. You hold you host LSU, so that's going to be something that's really a great opportunity. You also talk about you're going to go out to uh, Southern Cal. I mean, this is a this is a uh, a good part to see. Georgia State does come back into McCamish, but obviously it's not the beginning of the season. So hopefully Georgia Tech can have some things figured out by them. But I think when you look at the schedule, JJ, it's a tough one. They're challenging themselves out of conference. Obviously with Georgia, they bring to Wisconsin, traveling. Uh, to Southern California and USC, and then obviously getting LSU in that holiday hoops giving classic, which is I went for the first time last year and a fun event state that State Farm Arena puts on. Um, and I can only imagine the crowds we're going to see in the building 
And those are all nationally televised games, which Josh Pastner's talked about that. He talked about that list last week. He said, these, going back to the conference, he goes, we need these games because we play in a conference that it's hard to get a nationally televised game. It really is because you have the Dukes, the North Carolina, Syracuse, Virginias. I mean, you have all of these top tier Florida State, all these top tier programs, and you know they're all on primetime TV. Yeah. So what can we do to best position ourselves? Even if that does mean going on the road, even that does mean going to these certain places. So I think that they've done a good job of positioning themselves, challenging themselves. And when it's easy to say, we well, you know what, we're just going to kind of roll with an easy non-conference schedule, set ourselves up because we know conference plays so hard. Well. I think that's part of what helped them, J.J., make that run into the ACC tournament and through the ACC tournament last season was challenging themselves up front. And it's going to be a fun November, December, uh, before we turn the calendars. I'm looking right here. It looks like we do face Duke uh, at Cameron Indoor on January the 4th on a Tuesday night. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. I imagine that'll, that'll be a primetime slot right there. Yeah, and you will, uh, you'll be back on the program to promote that when we get closer <laughs> to uh, when we get closer to the game. I want to kind of wrap it up with this a little bit. You were talking about the schedule for Georgia Tech and also looking at ACC hoops as today does mark ACC tip-off for college basketball. Wisconsin, the opponent in the Big Ten ACC Challenge for the Yellow Jackets. Duke goes to Columbus to play Ohio State, who's expected to be a top-15 team mm -hmm. in the country themselves this year. And then you mentioned right after that, Georgia Tech plays North Carolina to open up ACC play on Sunday, December 5th. Are you kidding? Sunday, December 5th, <laughs> a week after the college football season ends, basically. Yeah. Conference championship weekend in college football. And we're going to have a Georgia Tech and North Carolina conference basketball game. Yeah, and it's a Sunday afternoon game. If you see right, I'm looking on Georgia Tech's schedule right now. It's going to be on ESPN. I mean, well, That's I mean, it's so early. It's so early. I mean, when I was looking through the schedule last night and getting ready for the article that I put out today talking about the team, you know, usually you see these conference games, you, you may see one in late, you know, mid to late December, as right. right before the, the, you know, the students get let out for their little break. Um, but man, why not just, I mean, it's just crazy. It's like going, it's like, it's like, say, we're going to play one conference game. We'll give you a taste of it. And then right. a month later, we're going to go back to it. So I think that, uh, man, it just has the makings of a really good schedule because, and we're exactly right. I mean, the next conference game for Georgia Tech is at Syracuse on the 29th. Then the calendar turns to 2022 games in between those two. ACC yeah. conferences. And so, uh, man, just a little taste of conference play, which that should be a fun game. And that's, that's a tough stretch. Wisconsin, North Carolina, LSU, USC. And that's going to be, that's going to be a big telltale sign of what Tex basketball is made of. You're going to learn a lot about them in the month of December. On Twitter at Bryce underscore Coon. Unfortunately, we're not talking today after a Duke football victory, but I still appreciate Bryce making time out of his schedule to come back, recap the game, and kind of talk a little hoops with us here today on ACC Tip-Off. Bryce, tell me about uh, – you mentioned it a moment ago, but uh, give us where we can find your work once again and, and kind of break down the Yellow Jackets as we continue throughout ACC sports and particularly the Georgia Tech and Duke side of things. Of course, yeah. We uh, just put an article out today. GoJackets.com is the official 24-7 sports affiliate uh, covering all things Georgia Tech, and we do a good job. We feel like of trying to cover athletics as a whole. Uh, I will give a shout out to the volleyball team that upset number two pit on the road this weekend. And so they moved up a, val a very good effort. So we got some stuff coming out on them as well as uh, football's in the middle of a bye week. You can find us over at the Hive GT on Twitter and then encourage you on Tuesday nights. Uh, you head over uh, to the YouTube page where we try to put on a little uh, swarm talk. We talk about Georgia Tech. 
And for Duke fans interested, uh, we're going to talk about the game and kind of what happened and what were the takeaways. And so if you want to hear a little bit of perspective and also would love to hear your thoughts from the Duke fan base, make sure to come over 7.30 tonight Eastern. It's going to be a fun time talking. But, J.J., as always, I appreciate it, man. Do a fantastic job. And uh, this was a fantastic game to watch, two teams that really needed the win. But, man, I feel like both teams have some things they can take away, even though Duke was on the yeah. losing side of things, to make uh, the latter half of the season very exciting. Bryce, thanks for the time, man. I look forward to our conversation when we get ready for that basketball contest for Duke and Georgia Tech. Be well, my friend. Sounds good, man. It's going to be a ton of fun. That's Bryce Kuhn joining us here today on Locked on Blue Devils. Really appreciate Bryce Kuhn for joining us on the program today. Follow him on Twitter at Bryce underscore Kuhn. A lot of great insight about that football game this past weekend and what to expect from college basketball coming up here shortly. Yeah, Georgia Tech, their first ACC game of the season is on December 5th. So early in the calendar as they're starting to move those ACC games up closer to the start of the year. You want to see all those great games throughout the entire season. So that's what the Atlantic Coast Conference is starting to do. Appreciate Bryce being on the program. Look forward to talking with him again as we get closer to a Duke and Georgia Tech matchup once more. That'll do it for our show here today. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe Locked on Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. That does it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.